Welcome back to Going Ultra. I am going to be talking about Ultraman Episode 7, uh, which introduces the name of Dan Moroboshi's Ultra Suit, which is 7 or 7.1. Um, I heard there was an Ultraman 7 or Ultra 7. Um, so here we go. That kind of thing's being worked in here. Looks like, uh, seems like the manga or the, this story has a bunch of homages to stuff from uh, other Ultra series, you know, being a sequel to the original Ultraman and whatnot. Anyway, look at this clip. Isn't the clip cool? I mean, the moral implications are a little muddy, uh, especially the way this show handles them, but uh, that looked cool. <laughs> um, before I get into all the morality, I wanted to talk about uh, this thing with um, Shinjiro being able to fly as Ultraman. And uh, I like it. Um, I have a really weird, weak spot for uh, things, heroic characters flying, um, just two brief mentions of stuff that really impacted me or, or yeah, got me emotional with flying was uh, near the end of Tamers when, um, gosh, Grani, Grani, the Siegfried's horse, whatever, um, this thing uh, that was like a half Digimon, half not Digimon, um, it's dying and it gives its life essence over to uh, to Gilmon, or which is the main character's Digimon, and uh, he asks it in the dub, Gilmon, do you want to fly? My wings, I will gladly give them to you. And it's very emotional, because it is. Anyway, and then the other was in uh, Child of Light, which came out probably like five, six years ago by Ubisoft Canada, I think, or some division of Ubisoft. Anyway, great game. Uh, in it, you play a little girl who possibly died, and she's possibly in the realm of the dead, except it's more like a dream than the realm of the dead. And uh, at some point, she early on in the game, she is just kind of lost, and then she ends up getting these wings and getting the ability to fly, and uh, it's a, like a really magical moment. It was very well executed, and um, seeing um, <laughs> seeing Shinjiro just kind of floating there, uh, it didn't have the same impact. Like, it wasn't as well executed, but I think the tension and the fact that he was going to, like, crash into that kid and her mom, um, and he didn't, and there were all these civilians endangered, and then, uh, like, the music kicks in triumphantly, and it really sells the moment, um, possibly it oversells it because maybe it wasn't that good um, altogether. So there's some you know, negativity or some legitimate criticism. Uh, I, I don't really feel like it was earned. Um, like, if Shinjiro keeps accidentally um, stumbling at, what is it? Uh, bass backwards into uh, new abilities and, um, I don't know, heroic traits or qualities or whatever, like, is that good? Is that good storytelling? I don't really think so. Um, I... As the show goes on, I'm becoming more and more uncomfortable with Shinjiro, uh, even as I accept it as part of the, uh, I don't know, potentially hero's journey, uh, kind of charting his growth. And he's got to start from a low point or, or from being a little bit of a jerk uh, before he becomes like a real legit hero, I guess. So the brawler alien that Jack had fought, who he had loosed upon the city, um, I, I think is a test for Shinjiro. Things do not go well for this man, um, this individual. Uh, he ends up losing his head, literally. Uh, so we're at a decapitation of a head. Uh, this is four overall decapitations, and this is the first head that's been decapitated. So you can keep that on uh, Decapitation Watch 2019 for Ultraman. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about this. And then, like, Endo is... No, Edo is like, oh, excellent. Uh, <laughs> he, he, like, he loves the fact that... Um, Shinjiro flew and cut this guy's head off. And uh, I think Shin Hayata is kind of giving him side-eye over there because he is uncomfortable with 
the way Edo is reacting to this, which I am too. Uh, I still feel like there's a little, like there's a mystery in the narrative that we don't really understand what the heck is going on. And uh, speaking of what the heck is going on, I finally now understand, well, sort of understand the thread of this uh, Igaru prince. This guy is a, a uh, an endling. He's the last of his species. Um, and he uh, has this device that these guys beat him up and take it from him. And I guess that's, you know, that's behind who's really... Uh, causing the deaths. Um, I think there's a more complicated plot here. Try, uh, save a clip. He thinks that his precious little Rena is in mortal danger. I'm sure he's already on his way here. We as the audience are not told how the Igaru have been eliminated until there's just this one guy left, but the creepy skull man uh, that has that device that was stolen from the Igaru earlier um, makes me wonder if he might be responsible for killing him. And maybe he's targeting Rena or people associated with Rena so that this Rena Otaku will come out of his hiding so that he makes himself a target so that the elimination of the Igaru can be complete. I, I don't know, I'm just kind of guessing, but I, I think the mystery of it all leads to a lot of speculation and it's enjoyable. Um, but uh, I really hope this is wrapped up like within the next episode because it definitely could be. So like I said, Shinjiro's character is, I mean, he's a young man, he's not an adult yet. Um, you know, his prefrontal cortex is not formed. Uh, like, he isn't there quite yet. Um, and him trying to impress Rena with him having killed this alien who he was hesitant to kill, it just feels kind of icky and wrong. And uh, I don't know, He um, he's he's a guy to be questioned. Uh, I have a clip coming up, Moriboshi questions him uh, with this. Really? You're not even sure you want an ultra suit, but if someone else does, you start whining. And I gotta say, it's morally inconsistent that he uh, doesn't really want to be Ultraman, he doesn't really want to be killing these aliens, but the fact that Moriboshi has a suit and that he's operating as Ultraman makes him uncomfortable, like, that's that's really weird. Like, where are your ethics? You, you just, you don't want him killing the aliens, or you want to be the one to kill them, or you want the only one, you want to be the only one who gets to be Ultraman. I I don't know. I don't know where you're coming from, Shinjiro, and we're not getting enough insight into him to really uh, make that clear. Uh, Shinjiro and Moriboshi have a bit more of an exchange about I don't know. I guess being a good Ultraman, and a clip coming up from Rena brings that into question. But like I don't know. Like Shinjiro is not Ultraman for me just yet. If one day I get the chance to meet him face to face, I tell him. You may be a hero to some people, but what about the ones you've hurt? What kind of champion of justice can't protect the planet without destroying people's lives? To Rena's point about a champion not um, hurting people in the process of trying to save and protect other people, uh, this is a kind of complicated thing with cops. Uh, I believe cops should be more heavily prosecuted for the their misdoings, but sometimes cops don't do a wrong thing. Uh, they do. They act in the right way under the circumstances that they understand, uh, and I think they could be justified in what they did. Um, but it's still wrong because, like swatting, for instance. You know, there was a guy who died from swatting recently, and uh, like, what were the cops supposed to do? I don't know. They're not omnipotent. They're not omniscient. Um, how can they know what to do? It's a really tough situation, and I kind of feel like Ren is being a little bit unfair there. But uh, at the same time, um, yeah, Shinjiro's not not ready um, to be this, you know, outstanding hero who really exemplifies, uh, I don't know, goodness and nobility and whatnot, uh, just because he's, he's not there. I bet you can't fly. You can't, can you? Can you? 
there was some more evidence of Shinjiro being a punk. And more than that, I, I, I'm capturing this exchange and sharing it here, and then I kind of want to comment about it um, interspliced because I think the, the scene was really good. It built a lot of tension, and I thought it was impressive how well um, the lack of dialogue, as much as the dialogue that was there, really informed the mood of the, of the scene. While Shinjiro was hurtling towards the crowd who he was going to crash into and hurt, potentially, he um, lamented the fact that he has been hesitating and uh, that, that, that that has been causing issues and that it was now putting people's lives in danger. So I think the point that um, Morbushi brings up about hesitation is an interesting one. Valid. I'm not much into macho-ness or uh, whatever, but like that that little exchange represents the difference between a boy and a man or, you know, an adult and a child. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's really cool. We'll see. We'll find out who's the better Ultraman. I hope that Morboshi's saying we'll find out who the better Ultraman is is a promise to the audience about like what the show is going to be about because I mentioned before uh, in my show notes by the way you should check out the show notes I do for every episode because I try to write something interesting um, in there and I think I've been doing a pretty good job so you should check them out definitely uh, especially with what I had to say yesterday about uh, well anyway I don't want to ruin the surprise so go ahead and check it out but is the point of the show going to be exploring uh, what is a good Ultraman like is a good Ultraman a guy who just kills and kills and kills? Is a good Ultraman someone who stops people from dying, like uh, Rena might have wanted? Um, or is a good Ultraman something else? I don't know. I, I think the show has yet to define that, especially because we get to see so little of Shin Hayata's run as Ultraman. Or, you know, we only get reference, allusion to it. We don't even really get to see it ourselves as an audience. And I think the show needs to put that forward. Otherwise, it'll be... It'll be bad. It, it won't be good. <laughs> It'll let me down for sure if it doesn't uh, really explore that fully, as fully as it can. All right, I've been pretty serious this whole episode, so I wanted to have fun. I like this guy's character design. I like the fact that he's in a baseball cap. That's kind of funny. Um, and then I think this is Steve Bloom. End of story. Yeah, but are you sure he'll show up? He'll show up. I've got the perfect bait to draw him in. I didn't check the credits. What do you guys think? Is that Stephen J. Bloom? Because I, I definitely think it is. Um, I think it'd be really fun if it was him, especially because, uh, gosh, somebody else. Oh, uh, the guy who plays Morboshi played, um, among other people, other characters and other things, Akihiko from Persona 3. And um, does he feature in uh, Devil Survivor? No, not Devil Survivor. Digital Devil Saga? I don't know, but... Um, this guy sure does. Bloom does. And he's also in Digimon, which I mentioned earlier. Tamers, even. Uh, the season I specifically mentioned. Um, anyway, that's all. I'm going to stop now because I'm getting into tangent territory. I'm not talking about the show anymore. So, uh, anyway, like I said, go ahead and check out um, the show notes. They will be linked in the description. If you look at episode uh, 6, I had that linked in the description as well. I haven't done it for all of the others. I'll probably go back and do that now. Um, but you can check... Like I said, that link in the description, and you can see all the other things I've been doing. Uh, there's playlists I've been talking about, Kamen Rider, um, other tokusatsu, 
and uh, lots of other stuff. You can support me, coffee.com slash MJ Munoz is where you can do that. And uh, like, share, subscribe, all the good stuff. Ring the notification bell. Thanks.